Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagler, and the Queen of Business Law. I hope you guys are out there crushing it as always. Hi, how time flies, huh? We are now in May, May of 2023. And this is to all my entrepreneurs. I really hope that you are taking time to plan. I hope you are visiting your business plan often. And I really hope that you are strategizing as to what you're going to do next month, in six months, and in one year. In fact, my next guest is an incredible um, person who knows all about planning and I want to talk about the art, or should I say the dying art of customer service. It There, there seems to be a lot of, um, I suppose, uh, topics on customer service itself. And it seems to me over the years that it's getting worse and worse and to a point where it's becoming non-existent. And as a business You cannot possibly run a business without the customer service arm. So without further ado, I am going to introduce our next guest. Again, she's a wonderful, fantastic person. And in full disclosure, she is currently working as the executive assistant to the CEO of Bagler Law Firm, a.k.a. Kelly Bagler. Please welcome... Sarah Nikai Brooks. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a joke, uh, will you? It can be any joke. It can be a legal joke. It can be a funny joke. It can be a funny joke that I personally like. Um, I think the one that just comes to mind that I know holds super close uh, meaning to our law firm would be, why is six afraid of seven? (laughs) <laughs> why is it so seven eight nine that's our phone number that's how you reach us that is isn't it what's the phone number seven six zero five seven nine six seven eight nine six seven eight nine i love it i love it i love it so sarah tell us a little bit about yourself where do you come from and how did you end up working as the executive assistant to a ceo i hail from vista california Um, I was fortunate enough to have been brought up in the North County, San Diego, suburban lifestyle. Um, My grandfather was born and raised in Texas, and my grandma was born and raised in Japan. So (laughs) luckily, uh, when they got stationed at Pendleton, they decided this place is awesome. We're not leaving here. I was afforded the opportunity to be raised in this wonderful area. Being that I have a background in... um, Japanese and Texan. There's a little bit of hospitality in my blood anyways. We're just we're just built that way. But I also have a, a very extensive background as far as my work career is concerned since I was a teenager working as a CSR, a cu- customer service representative. And it, I have picked up so many things from all the huge companies that I've gotten the opportunity to work for. I worked for Legoland, Starbucks, um, Albertsons, Costco Wholesale, the big one for more than a decade. The lessons that I learned getting an opportunity to work for these places are invaluable and they are most assuredly things that I notice as an individual when I go into a situation 
that I'm not getting those same things. So I understand from a consumer standpoint why those things are important. And I always make a point to try and provide those things to our clients. So Sarah, before we get into the nitty gritty of what is customer service and how can customer service help a business, why don't you share with us what customer service was like for you at the beginning? Because like you said, most of your career, you have been in customer service. That's true. So for me, I think I'm a, a bit of a unique situation because like I said, I do have that background of uh, Southern hospitality and uh, Japanese women in general just come from a place of servitude as uh, our culture has passed down. So I was born as the only girl in an all boy household. And I always joke that I was put on this earth to help my mother serve my brothers. And so from a very young age, I have, I've been of the art of, um, my mom used to always say presentation is key. You can serve someone a boot and if it looks pretty, they're gonna take it with a smile on their face, even though it's just a boot. Um, there are just ways of doing things that are more acceptable, that are more proper, that handle everything with a little bit of cushion. And in today's day and age, we all know how the world needs a cushion, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So define for us, in your terms, what is customer service? Customer service for me would be, and I'm going to steal this from my Starbucks days, creating a third place environment. Um, for me, a third place environment, as I was taught from Starbucks and the other companies I worked for, is that place that you feel comfortable in, that's yours, that's not your home, and that's not your business. Those are the two places you spend the most amount of your time is you come home, you relax, you get to take off your armor from the day, you get to be yourself in your spot. When you go to work, typically in, it's a place that you've been for several years. There's a sense of I've driven these streets before. This isn't just a place that, a, that is a place of business. It's my place of business. It's a this is my spot. That third place is different for every single person. If you are a, a fanatic who likes to work out, maybe that third place for you is the gym. If you are a person who loves to read and just escape from the world, maybe that third place for you is the library. If you are a person who just wants to decompress and not worry about the world, maybe that third place for you is the outside. Maybe you like to hike and just be in that place where you feel comfortable. What I try to do is create that third place feel, that third place environment in Bagwell Law Firm. I want people to feel comfortable when they come into my office, when they come into my business and know that it's not just this big, scary, I don't know what I'm doing law firm. It's, hey, we're going over to Sarah's house. Hey, we're going over to Kelly's house. Hey, this is the, the comforting, welcoming environment where I feel safe and I feel like I can let all of my stuff down and there's no such thing as a stupid question. I'm not being judged one way or the other. There's no such thing as a bad hair day or, you know, any of that stuff. We take everybody just come show up and, and we got you. That's what we're here for. As a good customer service representative should be. Correct. Correct. And let's just take the past 10 years, not even 10, right? Let, let's just take the past 20 years as you frequent establishments. I'm sure you've noticed, I, I've certainly noticed, Sarah, that the greetings have started to diminish. And then, say, at a restaurant, the, the waiter or the waitress, they never look at you again until you try to flag them down. So yeah. it's a service that we're paying for, right? A customer is free to go wherever they want. That's the beauty 
about having so many different choices. As a consumer, as a customer, you have the right to go wherever you want to. But where, and and again, this is kind of, uh, it, it speaks for itself, but you'd want to keep going to a place where they literally treat you like family. They greet you, they know your name. Right. They, they, they will, they, they bring out your favorite drink because they know that's exactly what you're going to be drinking. And it's already set up on the table as soon as they see you walk, walk through the door. What do you think you're going to do there? You're going to go there. You're going to refer friends and family there. You're going to take visitors out of town there because all based on customer service as how they treat you. And what you see is what you get. So if you promise the world, you better deliver the world. If, if someone expects um, a specific type of interaction and they don't get that interaction, the likelihood that they're going to come back for a second to give you a second opportunity to make a better op- to make a better interaction is not strong in most cases. Um, and you, it kind of feels like you're talking about food. Food specifically is one of the best things ever. You can go to the same taco spot for 10 years and everybody knows about Jose's tacos is the bomb. They're the best in the business. You got to go to Jose's. You get food poisoning one time from Jose's. Uh, uh-uh. uh. you will not everybody who, uh, who's ever talked to you. Like, oh no, Jose's, I got that bad one time. It was all bad. <laughs> right. You get every opportunity in the world to fumble the ball. And it's your job not to fumble the ball because once you fumble the ball, there's no getting it back. And it's not that difficult to just be nice. You're here, you're being paid by a company to represent that company. And I don't think that it's the company's mission statement or the mission, the company's goal to show their clients a sense of entitlement, a sense of attitude, a sense of anything. When it comes to me at the end of the day, if I get someone who's unhappy with the service that I'm providing, they don't hate me as an individual. They're upset with the circumstances surrounding their situation and being able to have a bit of a tough skin and understand that it's not always about me. The world doesn't revolve around me. They're upset. They're frustrated. They're whatever isn't about me. It's about what's going on in their life is a huge, um, a huge, I can't think of the world, but a, a, a word, but it's a huge asset to have understanding that I'm a service provider. I was put on the search to help my mom serve my brother. So now part of what I do is I serve the people who come and want to spend money at my establishment. If they don't spend money here, there's no establishment to keep a roof over my head. We're all part of the same team. I really loved what you said. You said you were put on this earth to serve. I have to agree with you 100%. I also come from a, a Indian uh, background and, and <laughs> you're absolutely right. The boys are more valued in an Indian household just because of the traditions and, and, and you know, as time has progressed, that's also uh, progressing and moving on as well, that part of the tradition. But because of the line of work that you're in, that I'm in, we literally are here to serve each other. Just even as human beings, not even as business owners, not even as entrepreneurs, not even as someone that has a product or a service, right? Clearly, you're there to serve your customer. But as an individual, we really are in each other's service. Yes. I mean, not to be drop it back to a religious standpoint, um, but I mean, it says that in the Bible, doesn't it? Like you're supposed to serve your fellow humans. I think if everybody switched that mindset where instead of what can I get from the situation? How about what can I bring to the situation? It'd be a better world. Not to mention you have a more successful business for sure. I just got gooses. I just got (laughs) gooses when you said this. Unbelievable, Sarah. That was absolutely right. 
let's talk a little bit about the actual customer service service, if you will. You are the very first person that anyone is going to see or talk to when they call the office. They call Bagler Law Firm and you you are the very first voice that they hear. How do you how do you approach any particular situation when you're answering the phone? I am a fanatic for SOP, stands for Standard Operating Procedures. Um, part of what makes Starbucks so successful is that what you see is what you get, you know what to expect. I would not, and I mean, no one in their right mind will pay five to $6 for a cup of bean water. Why do we do this? We do this because it doesn't matter if I get that bean water in California, if I get that bean water in Florida, if I get that bean water in Alaska, China, hell, Flint, Michigan, it doesn't matter because Starbucks has made a commitment to their clients, to their customers, that it doesn't matter where you go, you will get this drink, it will weigh this much, it will be this hot, it'll have this acidity in it, it will all this other stuff. Um, people are willing to spend the extra money for consistency, for knowing what they're getting. For us, um, I think consistency is key and standard operating procedure is one of the biggest things. When you answer the phone every single time, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to make a first impression. It's an opportunity to let the person on the other end of the phone know exactly how your business uh, runs and operates. For me, I make a point. Someone calls, who are you calling? Bagwell Law Firm, that's who you're calling so that you know and there's no confusion. You didn't call Bobby down the street. And as soon as they know who they're talking to, Bagwell Law Firm, who, who? This is Sarah. I'm Sarah. And then now that you know who I am, how can I help you? You've gotten here. This is who you're talking with. And how can I be of service to you? Every single time without fail. There's not a, hey, can you hold? Hey, uh, this is Sarah. You've reached Bagel Law Firm. There's no, it's every single time without fail. Our standard operating procedure is Bagla Law Firm. This is Sarah. How can I help you? And whether it's Sarah or it's Ravina or it's Kirsten or it's anybody, we have a standard operating procedure and people know when they call us and they hear that, oh, okay, first step of feeling like I'm in that third place environment. There are a ton of little steps. If you notice when you walk into a Starbucks, if it's on the East Coast, the West Coast, in China, you hear the same songs playing. Yes. Why? Why do you hear the same song? They have soundtracks that put out exactly. all their businesses. That way, it doesn't matter if you're here, there, or anywhere. You're in your third place. You have that sense of comfort. That's what we provide here. You know, when you come here, every opportunity to interact with us is going to be productive and it's going to be pleasant. So Sarah, it, it is, and I've heard this over and over again, it's very, very intimidating calling a law firm. Yeah. Very intimidating, right? And usually the people that are answering the phone calls is either a receptionist, either a paralegal, maybe another lawyer or maybe even the owner of the law firm answering the phone but you don't know who you're going to get so one it's intimidating to call a law firm and two how is it and i've heard this over and over and over again i'm tooting your horn by the way from <laughs> actual clients that said when they get past you they get to me they say automatically kelly we're going to sign up regardless of whatever you charge us the reason we are signing up with you yes we did the google reviews it was sarah it was sarah what's that magic sarah what is that magic that you make people feel comfortable instantly and i'm getting gooses again because i've seen this over and over again what is it what's that magic 
I think that I am afforded an environment where I feel comfortable too. So as a business owner, you need to recognize that not only are you wanting uh, your clients to feel in a welcoming and inviting environment, but you want to provide your employees with a space that they can feel comfortable, feel supported, and feel secure. Part of why I can speak to someone who is going through a $2 million company merger, or I can speak to someone who um, you know, just got out of prison and is trying to get their probate life situated, whatever it may be, is that I feel very secure, very safe, and very accepted and loved, I guess is the right word, in my position. I know that when I interact with that person, there's no weird thing where if they decide to just have a wild hair that day and freak out, because that does happen, some people are just crazy, um, that I'm going to, I need to walk on eggshells. I am afforded a position where I have a really amazing boss and uh, she uh, trusts me and trust that when I can interact with those people, I can do what I need to do. I don't get scared. And I think that part of that is also exposure. I've been talking to people since I was little because I was put on this earth to serve. Um, but part of that is also, you can't do that if you're constantly in fear of, if they get mad at me, there will be this um, potential uh, outlash where I might not make rent next month. That limits you and puts you in a state of not really being sure how to act and understanding what you can get away with as opposed to what you can bring to the table and how you can be an awesome team player. That's an incredible answer, by the way. Absolutely. Not that I'm just <laughs> tuning my boss's heart, but honestly, because I have worked. <laughs> say it again, say it again. And this is the only place I can say that I've worked where when, and I've had, I've been with you for now, what, almost two years. I have had a handful, less than a handful of interactions where someone is just out and out blatantly rude. It happens. Two. Okay, three. Couple. Yeah. Three. And when that happens, my instinct is to step and fetch. I don't want to piss off anybody and have them go, talk to the manager. You need to fire that girl. But I don't have that fear here. I had that fear working in big box warehouses. I had that fear working at uh, amusement parks. I had that fear working at coffee shops. I had that fear working at all, any of those places because it's not the same environment that's afforded to me here. I know now when someone's rude, I run and I say, hey, boss, um, I just wanted to let you know this is the situation. I tried to fix the situation. And it's great because you're the only only boss I've ever had who said, oh, no, they're not going to talk to my Sarah like that. Get them on the phone. Let them know. She's part of Bagla Law Firm. And at Bagla Law Firm, we do all of these amazing things. You don't, you don't talk down to us. The security and the structure and the ability to feel like, that's right. I know I had her best interest at heart. I know I tried. I did what I was supposed to do. You're just a stinky person. Puts me in a position of power that I've never been able to have prior to working with this company, and I think that that's something that all business owners could definitely take a note out of your book on. Create the create the space where people want to be, and they will do so much more than you had ever expected or asked of them. 
It's pretty amazing because when you do, and this has been proven over and over and over again, and this is what the big tech companies do, right? Look at Google, look at Apple, for God's sake. They've got these massive playrooms. They've got these massive cafeterias on campus. So people don't have to leave their establishments. They're constantly happy. They're constantly engaged and they constantly are coming up with brilliant ideas. So you have to give your staff, the people you work with, space to to be who they are. Because sometimes just having that inner personality come out and that's the person that really everyone loves and is attracted to that personality, which you have a hundred percent. It's it really it, it it serves everyone, right? Not just the company, it serves the clients, it serves the it helps the clients to refer you and and it, and the cycle goes on and on. Let me just take a I moment. I miss our clients when they're not around anymore. After we're done with all of them, it's been six months. I'm like, hey, what happened? To <laughs> oh, well, I hope they're doing good. How's their dog? Is Bindi good? I'm all about, <laughs> all about our clients. I genuinely care about them. And that's true. And it absolutely comes across. And that's why they keep coming back, right? I'm just going to take a second here. And I want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor for today is Pitbulls and Pearls, Inc., It is a coaching company for people who mean business and love life. Check out pitballsandpearls.com. And I believe they do have some workshops coming up for all entrepreneurs who want to learn about business growth and personal growth. Thank you again to our sponsor, Pitballs and Pearls, Inc. All righty, Sarah, I am dying to ask you this one question. Is the customer always right? No. Most of the time, the customer is not right. And that's okay, because that's not their job. It's my job to have the information. And it's my job to provide them with the information in the most um, pleasant way possible. Because in all reality, I can ask you about the Pythagorean Pythagorean theorem, and maybe that rings a bell because, you know, in high school, they taught you that class or something to that effect. The average person doesn't use the A squared plus B squared equals C squared on a daily. They know of it, but it's not like their forte because they're not mathematicians. As far as law is concerned, none of us were exposed to law or legalese, which is a whole nother language in any of our public education. No one sat us down and was like, hey, these are the rules and regulations of the country that you live in. And now you have the rules, which is crazy that that's how we do it, but that's how it's done. And for anyone who calls in, typically there's this apprehension and this scared thing where I don't want to sound stupid. So when I talk, I'm going to talk all like I know what I'm talking about, concordedly, vis-a-vis, ergo. And that fear, that insecurity of not knowing what you're walking into is the biggest uh, blockade that I go through where I have to break it down and say, hey, you're not smart. I'm not smart. Neither one of us are smart. There's no reason for us to be intimidated by the other person. Let's break down what we're trying to accomplish. And then we'll take all this information to the smart people. And those are the lawyers. And those lawyers can help you out. I'm a great organizer. You be a great talker. We'll get it to the people who can do stuff. Once you create that environment where you feel safe, that third place environment that, hey, no one's here to judge me if I say something wrong, I think I connect with people 
on that level because it doesn't matter if you are a millionaire or if you are someone who's been working at Walmart for the last you know 20 years and you're just finally trying to branch out on your own with your Etsy store or whatever it may be. Nobody, unless you specifically went to learn about law, knows about this stuff. And it's scary. And all of the things that the media portrays is lawyers suck. They're evil. They're just trying to get your money. And there's this big um, predisposition to come in with your guard up, ready to be attacked by this evil vampire lawyer. And you're just looking for help, but there's nowhere else you can go. So what do you do? In general, they're wrong most of the time. And me creating that environment, and not just me, but anyone who can create that environment where they feel safe about it is, I think, the art of customer servicing. That's what you do. How is it, and I've seen this over and over again, again, I, maybe there isn't a magic recipe or, you know, the 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 magic secret to good customer service, right? Or maybe there is, and people are just not applying it. But how is it, Sarah, how is it that you literally are able to connect to all levels of people that call the firm? I think that that specifically would be the walks of life that I've already been exposed to with my, what, 14 years working in a big box warehouse uh, that is internationally based, there are all walks of people who need services from that kind of a place. And I mean, work in a gas station, you know, who needs gas? Everybody. I mean, not nowadays, because we're going into the electric car movement, but you know, people in Maseratis need gas and people in 96 Corollas need gas. And there's all walks of life. So when you get exposed to those different people and you realize, I mean, yeah, it's a $200,000 car, it takes you the same distance as the $2,000 car. It's just a personal preference of, hey, they like that one versus this one. Me personally, when I pick a car, I wonder where the cup holders are and if I can plug my phone in the right place. <laughs> so it's to each their own, find out what is important to that person. And it's okay that it's important to them. And it's okay that that's important to them. And what I have that's important to me is okay too. I just try to be kind of accepting of everybody because their personal preferences don't really affect me one way or the other. You know, I always say, you do you, boo, you do you. That's mine. <laughs> I love that saying. You did bring that to the firm. And what was the other saying that you brought to the firm? For shizzle. I've For been shizzle. Saying, <laughs> I can't help it. Okay. I am 37. And <laughs> when I was younger in the early 2000s, Snoop was very cool. And everybody said for shizzle, and I've held on to that. I refuse to give it up. It's mine. I'm hanging on to it. I will for shizzle forever. <laughs> and I really hope you do because that really, really makes other people feel that you're real. You're absolutely, because they can't touch you. They can't feel you. They can't, they can't see, see me. You. We're on the all phone. They, yeah. <laughs> exactly, all they can know is that there's a connection being made over a bloody phone. Right. And, and so true. you don't have much time to build up report and then go into a customer service uh, repertoire, if you will, it's going to be inherent. I think, I think it's something that you, you um, create over time. Like you just said, I think it's helpful too, though, that I know I can help. I think if I worked for a company that was set out on taking advantage of their clients, I wouldn't have that same spot. So this is a message to employers your business needs to be a good business. Part of why I did so well in sales when I did do sales um, 
was that I never tried to actually sell anyone on anything. I don't try to sell anyone on anything here, whether they upgrade for an extra $10,000 or upgrade not at all doesn't affect my bottom line. So why would I want to try and sell them unnecessary things that wouldn't benefit them when nobody is benefiting off that they're going to feel taken advantage of. They're not going to trust me in the future. I'm breaking that trust line and the likelihood that they're going to recommend me to seven other people is gone because I did them dirty and I didn't take care of them in the best way possible. For me, I try to just let people know this is what you need. This is what you're going through. Hey, I got a bandaid. If I've got a bandaid, I'm not selling anything. You need a bandaid. Let's, let's hook you up with this bandaid. That's how we do this. You don't need you know, a tourniquet and a cast and like, you need a bandaid. Why would I sell you all this other stuff? I don't, I don't need to sell anything. I just need to say, Hey, you got a problem. I got the answer. Let me hook you up. And I think that sits well with anybody because when you're calling, you're to the point where you're actually calling a law firm or whatever it is that they're calling for you. It's 2023. People do everything on the internet nowadays. People don't want to have that interaction where they actually have to speak with another human being the oh, fact God that they're already you. to that desperate point and they're reaching out, just help. It's not that hard. Just help. One would think, right? One would think. Sarah, is is customer service age-related? And what I mean by that is not you, someone that is giving out customer service, but someone that's receiving customer service. Is it different when you provide customer service or when you talk to someone that's 19 years old as opposed to a 92-year-old? A hundred percent. So I have grandparents who are 90, and I have nieces and nephews that range from 5 to 20 in their mid-20s. I think that generationally, we were all pre-programmed. I don't know how, you know, passe this is okay to say in front of the masses, but a lot of Americans in general were raised with our socials. And today in 2023, it happens to be Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever that social is. But in my era, those socials were television shows. So I'm a kid, a product of Friends. I loved Friends and Dawson's <laughs> Creek and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I know that sounds really weird and how does that play in? Well, most of the other people who were my age-ish were raised on those television shows too. Um, and when they learned how to formulate their interactions and how to express themselves with other people, they picked up a lot of those expressions from the television shows that were on that they were programmed by. I can look at the average person who is 30 or older and go, and they know exactly what that means. <laughs> exactly. I cannot do that to a child who is 18 or below because they were never exposed to friends. They don't understand that. But that same child who's in that category, and I say this because I am always amazed with my nephew when he says things. Uh, my nephew's 23 and he was raised on a lot of SpongeBob SquarePants. That's the age group where they do things kids who are raised in that um, generation or around those influences have personality traits that identify or mirror SpongeBob or Patrick or Harry Potter. Oh my God, there's a whole generation of Harry Potter kids. Yes. 
and understanding when you walk into the door that that's who you're interacting with and understanding that not you need to approach them a certain way, but they're going to look at you a certain way. Because when I hang out with my nephew, he's 23. I'm like, okay, buddy, you know, Auntie Sarah over here. I feel ancient and I'm not that old. <laughs> but to him, I'm ancient. Yeah, when I'm yeah. hanging out with my little nieces and nephews, oh my goodness. It's just like, is this, this is what happens. It, it's not about how I interact with them. It's about how they perceive me. Mm-hmm. And someone mm-hmm. who's 92, when they perceive me, they don't look at me like I have any idea what I'm talking about. How could I? They've got 92 years on this earth. They've been around this sun more than twice the amount of times I've been around it. Mm-hmm. What can I provide them with other than a gap and a bridge in facilitating what they're trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. now the how-to has changed. They used to go to the white pages and look up manually or go to the classifieds or whatever it was for their time. And that's not even a thing anymore. Now they're being handed iPhones and told, okay, do it this way. Well, they don't know how to use an iPhone. So my whole thing is, let me help you facilitate your iPhone. I know you're trying to do what you're trying to do, but maybe you don't even need a customer service representative. You need an IT guy. I'm not IT, but IT is hard to deal with. So let's see what I can't do just to walk you through this. Whereas a 19-year-old who thinks that they know everything, and I'm not saying all 19-year-olds, but I know when I was 19, I sure thought I knew everything. <laughs> you know? as, as we all did. <laughs> and they are very, they don't even use words I understand. They talk in a whole different lingo. No cap, word, yeet. I don't even, but I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm done with the hippie hop. I try to, I try to facilitate because I remember being that age and I remember what I needed and what I was looking for. So I always just try to be the person for the other person on the end of the line, the client, whoever they may be, that if I was in those shoes, who would I want to help me? That's perfect. That's perfect. But I think the influx of the age generation between our youngest clients and the oldest clients, I think all the youngest clients are coming in because they've spoken to you. For shizzle, <laughs> I know you think that, but I, I tell you, for whoever's watching this, okay, she's a foreigner, so she doesn't realize that the for shizzle <laughs> dates me and makes me old. I know young kids aren't hanging out with me because of the for shizzle, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to say. So, <laughs> Miss Sarah... If you had to do it all over again, right? If you had to live your life all over again, what would you change? Just the one thing. And I have to change something. Or you don't have to. Totally up to you. Um, do I get to know that I'd wind up in the same spot? Yes. Knowing what I know now and being able to wind up right here again, I would have started sooner. I would have put all of my apprehensions and my fears aside and I would have bet on myself sooner in life because I think that's the problem with most of us blue collar workers. Uh, I used to think of myself like that. I mean, I worked in a tire center for damn near 10 years. So <laughs> I've done Did my make history labor. Then? I'm Did sorry. You make history? One more time. Didn't you make history there? 
I did, yeah. First girl in the tire center in 2006 for Costco Wholesale. And then now there's tons of girls, um, which is awesome. And I love it. But I was first in all of San Diego in 2006. Wow. So I, did my out. I know. <laughs> well, and I worked for a company uh, throwing cones too, doing traffic management. So I've done my fair share of, of labor. Um, and I think a lot of us out there have. I feel fortunate beyond words to be in the position I'm in now. But I'm only in the position I am now because I wouldn't compromise. I made the decision in my mid thirties that I'm not a little kid anymore. I'm a grown up now and <laughs> I can't continue in such a physically demanding lifestyle if I plan on living a happy whole life and me taking the risk to believe in myself and know that I don't have to do these crazy laborious jobs. I can do things that use my brain because my brain's good enough and trusting in that is what put me in the position I'm in now. Because we both know when I came to you, I didn't have the pre-qualifications um, to get this job. And I came with a big smile on my face and hope in my heart. And I was <laughs> so fortunate that you were kind enough to give me an opportunity to shine. And I think that if I had taken that that step where I said, no, I am good. I am worth it. And trust me, you need me on your team. 10 years before I would be it much further along and you would be too. Okay. You'd be sitting in the Senate seat by now if I had given you another 10 years. But unfortunately I hung out and I did the grocery store thing for an extended period of time. And uh, it's not bad though. I have no, no bad things to say. Just, I would have liked to have gotten here sooner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen firsthand the development, right, or the progression of just you become such an incredible, confident human being, Sarah. It's Aww. like you said, you give someone the space to be who they are. And it's amazing what they can show you and what they can do for 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 you, for them, collectively, for, for the team. And it's it truly is just absolutely beautiful to sort of see that happening and and again you haven't been with me right for that long it feels like forever forever forever, <laughs> forever. but Sarah I wouldn't change a thing either I think timing wise was absolutely perfect you came into you know my life when I needed you the most and look at you just look at you go you're you pretty are you are an incredible human being you're an incredible uh, executive assistant and and um, I'm just I'm, I'm I've got first front row seats to see the more progression in you, the you know, the, the higher you reach, the more that you achieve where you feel this is worth living for. This is life. This I am living now. I'm not just going through the motions. And I don't feel that's another thing, too. So when I worked at any of the other jobs I've ever had, I would say this. They were J.O.B.'s. They were just J.O.B.'s. The environment that was created in these places were JLB environment. I don't have a JLB here. I have a career here. And note to employers, create that career environment. Mm -hmm. You create mm -hmm. an environment for your employees to thrive. They will thrive for you. This isn't just a law firm. This isn't a place where I just come in and I clock in to get my paycheck. This is my law firm. This is Bagla Law Firm where I am a representative of it and I love as stupid as it is to say, I love being out in the world and being like, hey, aren't you that girl that works at Bag of Law? I'm like, oh, as a <laughs> matter of fact, friend of the queen. That's why we're referring to me now. That's exactly what I was just about to share. 
just about to share with uh, the the audience that uh, sorry guys i was having a bit of technical difficulties we are back here i was just about to share with the audience with our longtime listeners and our fantastic um, entrepreneurs that yes you are being promoted to the hand of the queen and i think that's if anyone's ever seen um, game of thrones right so it, this in particular right takes on a different meaning so sarah is yes sarah nikai brooks she is the hand of the queen. I love it. I love it, Sarah. Sarah, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing some insights. And I think it was extremely valuable insights that you've shown because as you're sharing those with me, I'm seeing the progression in my mind, right? Happening and happening and you becoming more comfortable and, and people absolutely love you. Just don't change. I try. <laughs> never ever change thank you again sarah for being a fantastic guest on the go legal yourself podcast and for everyone else out there if you are still trying to find where you can hear us you can definitely go to go legal yourself podcast.com or anywhere where you listen to podcasts you can leave us your feedback and comments and i'll be happy to address those and answer your questions in the upcoming shows do check out golegalyourself.com. It is a do-it-yourself legal protection company which helps you save money and gain peace of mind. I am Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law. It has been my pleasure being your host. Until next time, cheers to your success. <laughs>